Today on Not Sam Wrestling, we're coming off of what was a hell of a pay-per-view over the weekend. We've got what could be a hell of a pay-per-view this weekend. Wrestlers are using social media correctly and Homicide is in studio. This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Boy, oh boy, welcome. Here we are. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. I had no idea the controversy I would find myself in. I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's because I got too much free time on the weekends. I always find myself in the middle of something. I had, I, I did not know how polarizing it would be. I, that, that I posted this thing just to celebrate. I decided it, 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 it's not even technically mid-November. Yet, I mean, by the time this comes out, by the time you're listening to it, yes. But on the, I guess it would have been the 13th of November. So right before the halfway point, I decided enough is enough. It's time for a change. And I had decided this a week before. This, for some reason, felt like a year that the Christmas tree should go up early. This felt like a year that it's like enough. I, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready to celebrate the season. I'm ready to celebrate the joy. I'm ready to have the the Christmas spirit engulf me. And I don't want it to engulf me for three weeks. I don't want it to engulf me for just an allotted time period. You know what it was? I looked around on Halloween. On Halloween day, I was in Target, and I looked in the Halloween section just to see if there was anything last minute I could throw on to go trick-or-treating with the kids. And I saw the Christmas stuff had already come out. That they weren't even waiting until November 1st, which is still crazy early. Technically, it's supposed to be, I think, that Friday after Thanksgiving that we're all off work. Hopefully. That's when you're supposed to start decorating. That Thanksgiving weekend, post-Thanksgiving, you're supposed to start decorating for Christmas, and then it should all come down New Year's weekend. You know, I, I think... I, coming The Christmas decorations coming down, I think that that is... That is, uh, you know, th there's no conversation there. The idea that the Christmas decorations would come down before New Year's is like crazy, is so neurotic, OCD, we have to get everything done. It's just not an energy you want to be around. But having Christmas decorations up after New Year's, it's almost like, bro, let it go. However, I was walking around Target on Halloween and I realized I'm not mad that all this Christmas stuff is up. I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's been a it's been a, a, a rocky couple of years at this point uh, worldwide. I'm ready to celebrate. I'm ready to get all the negativity out of my system. I'm ready to celebrate the holiday. And so I decided to put the Christmas tree up this weekend. And I posted about it. I said, this isn't the year to wait until Thanksgiving. This is the year to take control of your destiny and to celebrate now. And some people were like, yeah, bro, I'm right with you. Or yes, dude, own that shit. Other people wanted, I mean, wanted me banned from social media. Other people thought it was a crime against humanity, which I can get behind leaving the decorations up too long or taking the decorations down too early. But putting the decorations up a couple of weeks early, 
I feel like it's a strong move, especially this year. So I'm in a good mood about it. I'm in a great mood about it, and I recommend you all do the same thing. Whatever it is that you're celebrating, let's start celebrating now. It's a time to celebrate. I mean, if you're a wrestling fan, the amount that we're getting, and especially the way it's being kind of presented to us, right? Like, I'm watching Full Gear over the weekend, and it really is. So, like, for me, I thought Full Gear was a fabulous pay-per-view. It was not as—so it's really tough to come to, to, to follow what the last AEW pay-per-view was. Cause the last AEW pay-per-view that ended with Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan debuting that did the whole thing. That was like industry shaking. That was okay. This is something else. And then, and literally the story that ended that pay-per-view has been the story of AEW since the end of that pay-per-view up until now. And full gear was not an industry shaking pay-per-view, but it was a really great watch for wrestling fans. And that's what you got to be happy about, that there are these great shows coming on that are theoretically being programmed just for us. I mean, the fact that I could sit there and watch these great matches and look at my Christmas tree next to it, it's like, what have I got to complain about in the world, you know? Um, for me, I thought that uh, by far and away, far and away, like everything was good. There was nothing bad on the pay-per-view. There were no bad matches on the pay-per-view. I thought that you probably could have done it in three hours instead of four hours, but, you know, maybe that's just me being an old man. However, what I would not have touched was two matches. I thought that everything was good, and then there were two great matches. If I were to tell anybody, hey, uh, you know, I don't have four hours, but I'm going to go back and watch Full Gear, what should I watch? And I think you're going to know what I'm going to say. Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk and the main event, Adam Page versus Kenny Omega. There were such high expectations going into that main event at full gear. And to me, those expectations were exceeded. I thought it was perfect. I thought the match, the match flew by for me. I thought every part of it was good. I even the ending, you know, with the Bucks, Matt Jackson looking up at, at Adam Page and giving him the nod like, yeah, take out our leader and who knows and 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 it's storytelling right like that's that's what I would say the one thing that I think AEW needs to do more of is storytelling like they're real good at putting on real good matches but let's get some really good stories in there because when you combine really good matches with really good stories you get things like Adam Page versus Kenny Omega and you get things like CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston um but yeah, the ending of the match was perfect. And then to go out on the moment, as much as part of me wanted Kenny Omega to win just so that AEW could have that moment where they're not doing fan service just to see what that looks like. Because I don't think we really know what that looks like right now. It's still like the note to go off on. I was getting big Bret Hart, WrestleMania 10 vibes. I'm sure that that was at least part of the inspiration. Uh, you know, seeing everybody put Adam Page up on their shoulders, and it was almost like it really was this thing of this is the moment that we've been waiting for since Chris Jericho beat Adam Page. Or I, that was what happened, right? Well, since Chris Jericho was the champion, this is the moment we've been waiting for since the beginning of AEW, you know? And we finally, it finally paid off, and this is how we're going to move forward. And then, you know, I love that, that Daniel Bryan is going to be that challenger uh, for Adam Page because it's a huge match. It's a tremendous challenge for Paige, and Brian has proven that 
he can do things in a very villainous way without turning full villain, right? Like in the match with Eddie Kingston that uh, uh, Brian Danielson had, it was pretty clear that Brian Danielson was setting up the story to be kind of a supportive one for Eddie. That Daniel Bryan was, 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 if either one of those two in that good guy versus good guy match was dipping into the bad guy role, it was more Bryan than it was Eddie. And I think that you're probably going to see that with Adam Page too, that, that Bryan will look to be that spoiler without actually going full villain. Um, and I think that's going to be great, you know? I think it's going to be a very good way to start a reign. With Punk versus Kingston, I thought it, it I, the only thing I wish is that we had gotten a week or two more of TV between the two of them. Because I, I thought it was, I thought that the original confrontation was magic when Kingston interrupted Punk and slapped the microphone out of Shivani's hand. I thought that the promo that they had where they were getting in each other's faces was magic. And the match itself, it was by far the best match that CM Punk has had in AEW. Um, and it, it just, if we needed more evidence of how good Eddie Kingston is, I don't know, I, I don't know what you could ask for, you know? I think the only thing that you've got to look at is at some point, Eddie Kingston is going to have to start winning matches. We've now established that he just brings a different level to it. You know, all these big matches that he's been in are, it's not, it's not a coincidence that they're all big. He has incredible opponents, but it's like, when you look at the matches that CM Punk has had in AEW, Eddie Kingston is a highlight. When you look at the matches that Brian Danielson has had in AEW, Eddie Kingston is a highlight. Like, Eddie Kingston is that guy, you know? And 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 I, I, I hope coming off of this, that this was the last big match that Eddie Kingston loses. I think it's absolutely time for him to start winning. Um, but I had, yeah, I just had, I had such a good time. Um, I kind of wish, like, I kind of wish they didn't say shit in every single video package. They said shit in all of the video packages. And I feel like it would have been more impactful. Like, shit should belong to Adam Page. Adam Page, shit should be his. Because cowboy shit is so over. It's so popular. The fans want to chant it so bad that I feel like if I were running things over there, I would ban the word shit. From everybody except Adam Page. That way when he finally says cowboy shit, you get that pop of the night. These fans have been waiting to say the S word all night and finally here's Adam Page to allow it to happen. I just think it would add, you know, I don't think it subtracts now. I just think that that would add even more. I will tell you, I will tell you that as fun as it was to watch Full Gear, it was equally as not fun to figure out how to watch Full Gear. I mean, I, I, I cannot believe that there are less steps to watching an indie show on my TV than there are to watching an AEW pay-per-view. So I had to, I, I guess you, cause I don't, I don't have cable and I have Apple TV. So there's no way to watch the pay-per-view natively on Apple TV. I had to Buy it on Bleacher Report, not BR Live. BR Live, I didn't know. I should have, I guess, put weeks of research into this thing. BR Live is dead. And it was gobbled up by Bleacher Report. I said, no problem. 
So I logged on to Bleach Report. They were like, you don't have an account. And I was like, oh, I got to go in and change my password and blah, 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 and transfer my BR Live account over to Bleacher Report. And it worked. It was fine. I got my account over on Bleacher Report. That wasn't even the issue. You know, all the events that I'd ordered previously were there. But the fact that then I go to like, okay, so now I got Bleacher Report. Now I just go to Apple TV and I'll get the Bleacher Report app so I can just stream it. I don't care. I'll download whatever app you tell me to download. It's annoying that I have to download all these apps. But UFC told me to download the ESPN app. I downloaded the ESPN app. WWE told me to download the Peacock app. I downloaded the Peacock app. AEW tells me to download the, the, the Bleach Report app. I'll download that. GCW tells me to download Fight. I'll download that. Whatever app. Just tell me what app. And I'll do it. But then they go like this. But there's no Bleacher Report app for Apple TV. And I go, what? I feel like they sell a lot of Apple TVs. There's no Bleacher Report app for Apple TV. So I have to get a device and watch the pay-per-view on the device and then stream the device to my Apple TV so I can watch it on a television set. And I'm going like, come on. Thank God I had a spare iPad. Like at first I'm like, oh, I could watch on my phone and then stream it from my phone to the TV. But then I can't tweet the thing because my phone is being used to stream to the TV. It was ridiculous. It was absurd. I, I can't believe, I have to imagine that that's not going to happen again. But it should, it shouldn't have happened the first time. I mean, at this point, I feel like AEW pay-per-views, wrestling pay-per-views in general, like it, there's so much content out there. It should be real easy. If you're trying to get somebody to pay for a thing to watch it, it should be real easy to do. But once I did, I had the time of my life. Those guys uh, put on a great show and everybody on that roster is just uh, is just excellent. Speaking of excellent, you know who's excellent? Mustafa Ali. Did you see the vignette that he posted on his Twitter account? Did you see the vignette? It was so good. So I guess he came out on SmackDown a couple weeks ago and he said, you guys boo me because my name is Mustafa Ali or Mustafa Ali. And... You know, it puts that little lump in your throat and it's not like, I love that as a story. I do worry based on history, will, will the nuance required to tell that story be in play, right? Because it's a complicated story to tell. But I also think that Mustafa Ali is such a talent that if anybody can pull it off, regardless of the confines... It's him. So I'm like, okay, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'll allow it. Let's see where this thing goes. And I don't know. It kind of, the way his tweet was worded, it sounded like this wasn't a thing that was going to happen. But you remember Ali, like, for a long time, was putting out promos that he shot on his own. Like, on his Instagram, he would just, like, get his a video guy with him and do really well-produced promos and just go out and shoot them on his own. And and it was really, I think, what drew the internet's attention to him to begin with, you know, because he's having these great matches, but it's like, let me get to know this guy. And when he started doing that, it was great. So the way he worded this tweet was it sounded like the plan for the way they were going to go wasn't happening anymore, but this is but he wanted people to see this and he put out what was basically, I mean, it was almost like a kind of felt like something out of that movie, the purge 
like a really creepy kind of uh, dystopian almost, futuristic, not futuristic, but dystopian a little bit, presidential address with screens behind him and everything and a podium and he's in a suit and he's talking about America and he's talking to the people who feel like strangers in their own homes and just really explaining his his point and what his point is and, and who he is as a character and I think speaking to a point of view that is not right now being reflected in wrestling, which is great. Any point of view that's not being reflected right now in professional wrestling, let's reflect it. Um, and I thought it was excellent. I was like, this is exactly, this is what wrestling should be. This is character work. This is storytelling. And this is a great use of social media. I talked about it on the Thursday Not Sam Thursday podcast this week, the Patreon exclusive podcast. You can get access to that by being a Not Sam shill over at patreon.com slash Not Sam Wrestling. But I thought the Becky Lynch uh, interview where she talked about Charlotte for Sports Illustrated that kind of went everywhere at the end of last week was great because it was so new kayfabe. It was like disguised as here's what's really going on behind the scenes, but ultimately just a sell to a match at a pay-per-view. And that's what it should be on social media. I just love it. By the way, next week on the podcast, my plan is to do, because I will be in Brooklyn probably for Survivor Series. So I don't know that uh, I will have time to record a Survivor Series recap podcast and get it out first thing Monday morning. But I am thinking about doing a podcast special. I got a couple of Survivor Series in mind specifically that I'd like to tell the stories of as events. But if there's any Survivor Series that you have that is your favorite, hit me up, notsamwrestling at gmail.com or tweet me at notsam. And let me know. Because, again, I got two Survivor Series in mind that I could do right now. But if you can convince me of a different one, maybe I'll do that. I basically want to profile the event. Actually, I could do three. But I don't know that I like that third one as much as I like the first two. I kind of have my heart set on one in specific. But, yeah, yeah. See if you can get me. Also, uh, this weekend, since Survivor Series will be on pay-per-view, that means over on Peacock, you'll be able to watch the ultimate Survivor Series. Myself, Matt Camp. Ryan Popola putting together the ultimate Survivor Series card. Um, and that'll be up on Peacock this weekend. Uh, I, they haven't announced as of this recording, but I would imagine that we're getting, because this Survivor Series card is actually a tremendous card. You know, the I, I think the, the brand versus brand thing sometimes is a little, uh, it's a little, Bit of a hurdle, I think, for people to get over. But when you look at the matches that we're getting, we're getting Big E versus Roman Reigns. Like, that's huge. And I like that they've been spending some time on SmackDown building up between Roman and Xavier so that this match is going to have a little bit of juice behind it. Becky Lynch and Charlotte, we've seen it before, but I'd love to see it again, especially at at this phase. The only thing that's a little tricky is gonna be tough for Becky to be a heel I don't think that's gonna happen it'll be easier for Charlotte to be a heel I think um and then the five on five matches I guess uh I don't know Sami Zayn is out of the Smackdown men's team and Aaliyah is out of the Smackdown women's team it felt like we might be getting Von Wagner over joining the Smackdown men's team I don't know if that's official official or if he's just uh Adam Pierce's muscle but I don't know might get Von Wagner over there, and then uh, over on the women's team, might be a good moment to put Sonya Deville in there. 
I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll probably find out this week. But what they haven't announced and what I'm assuming is going to happen, hopefully they'll announce it this week because I feel like they're these low-key, unbelievable matches is U.S. champion versus Intercontinental champion, which I believe Shinsuke Nakamura versus Damian Priest. I mean, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Damian Priest is a hell of a match. You know, you wouldn't, it's not one that you think about getting because they're just, where do their, where does their story cross? But I don't know. I love that match. And then this is the one that I feel like is going to steal the show. The Usos versus RK Bro. The Usos versus RK Bro. That's a classic right there. I hope it's happening because if it is, I can't wait to see it. And I'll tell you what I can't wait for you to hear uh, our interview. This week on the podcast, this is one I've been uh, waiting to do for a little while. Seven years ago or so, I think that's what it said on YouTube. Um, my old pal, Steve Monster Mac, he hit me up. I knew him from the Jersey All Pro days. He hit me up all those years ago and said, hey, man, um, would you want to do like a sit down, like round table with Samoa Joe, low key MVP? And homicide, I was like, hell yes, I want to do that. And so he set it up, and I ended up doing the interview. And that's where the first time I heard them talk about being uh, wrestling's Wu Tang. That's when the Beatdown Clan was was right before the Beat Beatdown Clan started in uh, TNA. But that was the last time that I had had homicide as a, interviewed. You know, that was the last time that I, I recorded a conversation with Homicide. And, you know, from over the summer when I was thinking about who I would want to have in the Not Sam studio next, I was like, man, I'd love to sit down and catch up with Homicide. This was before he even showed up uh, in Queens for AEW. I was like, man, I'd love to sit down and, and catch up with Homicide. Uh, and so I reached out to him and we went back and forth for a while and we finally made it happen. I think that Homicide is an absolute legend. You're talking about a guy who is one of the early people to make a tremendous impact in Ring of Honor. You're talking about a guy who has made a tremendous impact across, across the East Coast independence for the better part of two decades. You're talking about a foundational member, in my opinion, of the TNA roster. You're talking about a guy who's now a big part of what's going on at NWA. I mean, I think Homicide is just because he never was a WWE guy or a WCW guy or an AEW guy necessarily. I feel like he's grossly underrated. And I feel like uh, more people should be singing his praises, especially the fact that he is still going at a breakneck pace. It's amazing watching this guy still do his thing. And I wanted to talk to him about it. So we're doing that. Today on Not Sam Wrestling, it's Homicide Day. The Not Sam Wrestling Interview. It's been a long time, but back, well, for the first time in this studio, but back on the podcast, somebody that I've been wanting to talk to for quite a while, the legend, mm. Homicide is here. What's going on, man? 
Yo, thank you so much. It's about time, man. I can't believe this phenomenal place you got right here. Like, I'm loving this bruiser brody toy right now. Like, I think he's getting kicked in my eye. I'm loving this. Man, that's that's my favorite thing. You walked in here and like you've been you've been wrestling yes. since what 93? 94, March 5th, 1994. 1994, you have your first match. It's yeah. 2021, about to be 2022, mm. and you walk in here, and you're still marveling yeah. at all the wrestling stuff. Like You still yeah. have wrestling just running through you. It's kind of amazing. I do. It's, it's, I'm very passionate. I just love professional wrestling. I love the United States, Canada, Japan. It's everywhere. I, I love it. You know, people see me like I'm weird. I don't care. I don't care. I love it. You're just a fan. I'm like, a big fan. And have you been a fan this entire time, or was there any? Was there a point that you got jaded to it? Um, I'm one of those guys that never forget where you came from. Um, I'm always a fan. I'm still a fan. You know, like I met Terry Funk like so many times, mm -hmm. and I feel like it's the first time I met him. Like I can't believe I'm talking to Terry Funk. He's my <laughs> idol. Like wow, you know. Um, I consider Osama Vega one of my uncles of wrestling. And I worked with him for Major League Wrestling, and, and he booked me for Puerto Rico. And I'm like, wow, Savio Vega, TNT, you know, he's, I can't believe this, you know. Yeah. Um, same thing with Diva Dully, one of my uncles of professional wrestling. I'm, he calls me, and sometimes I'm like, man, he's Brooklyn. Yeah, thank you for making us proud, man. But wow, Diva Dully, you know, I'm so happy. Same thing with Bubba. Bubba, to me, is one of my, my mentors when it comes to business. I like the way he talks. Um, he just don't mess around. I, I like stuff like that. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan. I don't care what anybody say. You know, I'm yeah. still a fan. I love that because you find so many people that start to either believe their own hype yeah. or they they kind of lose track on why they got in to begin with, which was you're a fan mm -hmm. and you just want to be a part of that world. Like the fact that you know you're still sitting there going like, no, I'm here. Like the guy that I was watching that made me want to do this, made me want to do that. Yes. Like, the fact that they're talking to me now, it's still exciting. Yeah, my teacher is Manny Fernandez, the Richard Bull, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And, man, I'm very blessed that he told me a lot of things. And sometimes I feel like, wow, Manny Fernandez told me how to wrestle, you know? He told me the footwork, the psychology. Like, I feel like the slick Rick of pro wrestling, you know? So, man, I feel blessed. I feel good, you know? But, of course, when I get into my... Little professional, you know, I'm I'm homicide, you know. I right. don't like that, but and under low, man. I'm like, <laughs> I don't bother nobody, don't get me wrong, you know. I'm not one of those crazy fans who stalks you or whatever. I'm not, but but I don't, I don't think I anybody's mean, ever accused you of that. Nah, nah, but just in case, like, well, this guy is like crazy. Well, I'm a little crazy, but not that crazy. Right, right. You're not, you're not crazy like that. Nah. I mean, you know, you're crazy uh, enough to call yourself homicide, and yeah. people are like, yeah, he believes it. Yeah, exactly. Even though that it was like kind of a joke, and it, it, it was maybe permanent for two days and then became for 27 years. It was crazy. So when did you, okay, so like, well, first of all, when did you become like a like a student of the game? Because we all start, even when we're mm -hmm. fans as kids, like we were talking just a minute ago, I was the same as you. Like you find WWE on TV, mm -hmm. you start watching that, and eventually, like for me, it was finding like a magazine. Yes. And I'd see these pictures of these guys that were all bloody, mm -hmm. and I didn't know who they were, but they looked so cool, and you start finding out who they are because, you know, we didn't grow up with the internet. Yes. Um, the fact that you just bring up Savio Vega's TNT as well. Like mm -hmm. when when did you start to take on that extra 
level that wasn't just like, oh, cool, WWE's on TV. Yeah, well, at first, you know, I was in Puerto Rico and I saw Calito Colon, Carlos Colon versus the Adulto Butcher. Mm-hmm. Massive brawling, blood everywhere. I'm like, what is this? I was like about five years old. And I was so scared of doing the butcher. Like, to me, it was like Freddy Krueger. I didn't want to go to sleep, you know, because <laughs> I get nightmares from Abby. Yeah. But um, after that, I went to Brooklyn, New York. I was born and raised there. And I was watching uh, a VHS video. It was uh, the Dream Team, uh, Brudai, and um, Greg, uh, Greg Valentine versus uh, the British Bulldogs. Yes. And after that, I was like, what is this? I fell a lot more in love with it. After I was watching the Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, the King Kombadi, you know, the Budo Samatino, Pedro Morales, this list going on and on. Then one day my mother took me to a, a body or the hood, a VHS, and it was like some kind of a, a tape. I saw I got a makeup with a cage or a sting. And I, <laughs> I, I, I grabbed this tape and it said Halloween Havoc. And for some reason, I'm like I say, I got issues. You know, I love Halloween when I was six. I, kids are scared of Halloween, not me. Like, even though I was scared of doing the butcher, but I was like very, very excited about Halloween. Halloween was like my Christmas. Yeah. You know, so it was Halloween Havoc 1989, a, a match called Dunder Dome Cage Match. It was electrified and everything. It was Terry Funk, Green Buddha versus Ric Flair. And I hated Ric Flair. And I hate it as a fan, you know, because to me, he reminded me of one of those poor rich guys. Like, yes. I, I'm, I'm poor. And he's like, yeah, I'm rich. You know, my shoe costs more than... I hated Ric Flair. And then Ric Flair and Sting. And I love Sting. At the time, I was like, Sting, Hulk Hogan, they hang out together. They're from Venice Beach, <laughs> California. Like, this is so cool, you know? Yeah, I got to go to Venice Beach. Yeah, I was going to go. Man. Like, I don't even know what California is at the time. And it was hot summer, but it was kind of cool then. Turn Funk from Texas. And to me, it was like, oh, he's one of those um, those, those cowboys, you know, John Wayne Murdoch kind of guys, you know? Like, okay, then, of course, Ric Flair. But when I saw Terry Funk being the crab Ric Flair, I was, boom, I fell in love. Then I saw a little promo what Ric Flair did. It was uh, a match with Steamboat, Rick Steamboat, and Ric Flair. And Terry Funk was the judge. Terry Funk came to the ring. Ric Flair won the belt. And Terry Funk came to the ring and said, hey, um... Rick, I want to be a first contender shot for the NWA World Title. Rick Flair with a cocky attitude. No, no, no. You go back to Hollywood with Sylvester Long. You want to be the contender? You be on the top of change. You never gonna wrestle. He was cocky, conceited. I was like, oh, but this guy, Rick Flair. You know, he was like, I'm so sorry, Rick. Let me shake hands. I apologize. <laughs> I was joking. He comes to the left, bam, boom, and beat up Rick Flair, and boom, I want to become a professional wrestler. Because of Terry. Yes, because Terry Funk. Because Terry Funk was the guy. You were like, I need to find a job where I can punch people like Ric Flair in the face. Exactly. And- to me, Terry represented the poor people like me. Yeah. And I want to punch all the rich guys. Yeah. You know, all those guys, though. Those greedy people who don't care about the poor, you know. And to me, that's where it felt like, okay, I like Terry Funk. Me, I, I was not into, like... Pedro Morales or anybody, Carlito Colon from Puerto Rico, me, Macara from Mexico. I was, I was into some white boy from Texas. You know? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I mean, at the time, it wasn't like there wasn't a guy from Brooklyn out there no, that was, was like representing what your life looked like. That was the closest you were coming. Yeah. Ironically, 
Cowboy Terry Funk was as close yeah. to you I, as you I, could find. I, I, Cowboy Pinky represent the poor. You yes. know, to me represent us. You yes. know what I mean? So I kinda like I kinda dig that, you know? Yeah. That got all this fun. I'm like, okay, I, I see what's going on here. Yeah. I feel like with TNT, Savio Vega, you know, Kyle Cologne, you know, the Till Santana. I love Till Santana. Yeah. I think it's a phenomenal wrestler no matter what. When people say it's about him, he should be world champion, but that's not a story. But yeah, man, Terry Funk after that, I heard about the West Texas University, all the guys that came from the, the Dusty Rose, the Bruce Brody, the Tolly Blanchard, Manny Fernandez, and he's the one just took me and trained me, and he told me stories like, yeah, that's part of my clique. Like, what? And he told me great stories, like, my boggling, you know? Man, that's so cool, though, that you're like this little kid watching Terry Funk and he yeah. wants to and he wants you to wrestle and then like later in life yeah you're and like I, on shows with him and you're like this is and I wrestled like <laughs> about 20 years ago and I was in Japan I was so nervous and <laughs> you know when you nervous you might mess up yeah me it was the other way around I was nervous that I'm gonna beat him up and I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna get in trouble. Yeah. So I came back from Japan for Big Japan Pro Wrestling with Jojo Pro. I wrestled him and yeah, I kicked his butt, but he still remembered me. Even though he jokes around like, oh, this little Mexican potato me, you know, like, oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, he's a uh, man, he's a brilliant man. This guy deserves a statue of somewhere in the United States, in Texas. Like, yeah. A mind mill, something, man. He he is wrestling. That guy is wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's he's incredible, Terry Funk. Unbelievable. And especially because when you look at like the levels of his career and how many different phases he kind of went through, and every single thing that he did, it was just like he was the man. Yeah, you know what I mean. He made it work every single time. Absolutely. And I'm trying to like also still learning like what he did for for help the guys, the young guys. That's yeah. what I'm doing right now. You know. I'm 44. I feel like I'm 54 adult years, you know. So I'm doing my thing. I'm I'm helping the the new generation, you know. And you know, sometimes they they get smacked back in the head because they're going too fast, or maybe it's wrong. You gotta work smart. But it's an excellent chance right now. What I'm going through. But did you did you feel like when you were younger that there were people in the style that you were working at the time that there were people around you being like. You got to slow down. You got to slow down. And you, I mean, isn't not. it a cycle? I actually, the, the funny thing is that I hated my style. Like you I did. I like I wanted to become a WWF wrestler. WWE, WWF. WWF. And at the time, um, Vince Man won big guys. I'm a small guy. I'm five eight. You know, right. two hundred pounds. There was no cruiserweight at the time. Those massive King Kong, Hulk Kong, Goldberg. There was those guys. And I'm saying to myself, I'm never gonna make it to the WWF because my goal is massive square guard. Mm -hmm. I want to be there, you know, and it's not going to happen. Suddenly, my faith was, my passion was going down. Suddenly, in 1995, my friend was telling me, you got to see this promotion from Philadelphia. Let's call it Cream Championship Wrestling. And I'm like, what is that? I don't know. I know Paul E. Dangerously, and I remember Paul E. was managing the Samoans. Yeah, and yeah, The yeah. small SWAT team. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to see this thing. The first man that I saw in ECW was Sabu. And boom, I was like, oh, my God, what is this? Oh, I, my. I need to do this. And that, that's so amazing, though. So, like, you're sitting there, you become this ECW fan, and this person is, like, watching it going, like, yeah, this is yeah. this is where I belong. This is my style. Mm -hmm. And then, it, what, like, maybe a year after you're watching, yes. who joins ECW? Terry Funk. Terry Funk. Has, he made ECW. Yeah. And the first person I saw was Sabu. And I saw Pug Enemy. 
And I'm saying, like, man, I could do better than this because they had this Harlem character, you know, from the streets, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I'm a street guy. I still am, you know. And um, my, my boy was telling me, you got to change your character, you know, because at the time they call myself Latin Terror. I was a bootleg undertaker and sting. It was <laughs> so bad. Very bad, you know. Very bad. So my boy was like, be yourself. Oh, what you mean, be myself? I'm like... The stuff you do in the streets, you know, like be yourself. Okay, so I'm gonna call my house like MC Hammer or something <laughs> like that. So I was watching Cops, the yeah. TV show in Fox, yeah. and somebody was on the run for homicide. I'm like, yeah, right. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that name homicide on a family entertainment. Pump. No, it's not gonna happen. I'm gonna give is, it two days. What year was this again? 1994. Oh my God! So this is like as family friendly as yes. anything has ever yes. been. Homicide. Yeah. There's no wrestler named Homicide. Done. It became 27 years. I got used to it. You know. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. I had this uh, uh, hip hop shirt. I cut my hair bald because my boy uh, cut my hair very wrong. I wanted a Caesar, <laughs> and I said, "Just chop it off." So I dog. I got a balding right now for years. I got used to it, you know. Yeah, because you wanted a Caesar. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So after that, you know, I was wearing this black fatigues Timberland boots. Yeah. You know, not wrestling boots, Timberlands. Yeah. And I, I was looking this magazine, and then there was a team called um, there were, uh, the Gangsters. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this? You know, like, this sounds cool. I don't know who the Gangsters was. I know it was Smoking Mind Wrestling. And of course, I heard Jim Cornette at the time in the NWA. So he owned Smoking Mind Wrestling. So I didn't even know who the guy said. So 1990, if I'm not mistaken, I six. Pugger Enemy, and I used to hate Pugger Enemy. Like, I respect those guys. But as a character, as a fan, I'm like, oh, come on. Be the two gangsters, you know? You saw uh, through it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I saw these two African-American guys, like, not working for ECW, mm. just jump Pugger Enemy. And I'm like, what is this? Like, who, <laughs> who are these guys? And, and Joyce, I was like, oh, my God, they're the way for... for they're the way for Smoking My Rust. They're the gangsters. One of them is Mustafa and New Jack. And I'm looking at New Jack, I'm like, oh, man, the people, they're going to look at me, they're oh, you a wannabe. And I hate that uh, word, wannabe. So all my life, I was a wannabe New Jack, and I uh, hated it. I hated it so much. Back in 1997, I had a show in Jersey Pro, and I wrestled my good friend named Lola Louie. It was an awful yeah, match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know, it was a very crazy match. And I had a machete, a machete, mm-hmm. a knife. And it was a reporter, a professional reporter, yelled out, Oh, you want to be New Jack? I jump over the guardrail with a machete and try to cut my Jason Voorhees because I was like really crazy. Like, you, yeah, you don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. You want to hear that? I'm myself. I, I get it. And I understand. Like, but if you're I, gonna cut somebody in the audience, a reporter is the worst person to cut. Yeah, a reporter. <laughs> a reporter. Not New York Post. Not that news. It was some other like instant message AOL reporter guy. Yeah, like but a- he had connections, so it was pretty bad. But yeah, man. Like, I just had it so much, so I said to myself, okay, I'm going to do something different. Yeah. You know, the difference is I'm going to a different, like, a, I'm going to wrestle more mm. than do hardcore stuff, mm. you know? And I wrestled New Jack. Me and God bless him. Rest in peace. You know, be good friends, you know? We never have, like, some kind of beef or whatever, you know? Um, He took me under his wing one time. A lot of people don't know that he was going to take me to the ECW at the time they closed down. We supposed to be the new gangsters. Oh. You know, and ECW just, boom, fall off, you know? And I remember last time we talked, like, years ago, mm. you had told me that that was where you wanted yeah. to be. Like, that you felt like that was where that was, home was going to be for that you. That was, like, my career peak and 
boom, it shuts down. Then he comes Ring of Honor. And and we didn't knew it was going to be a phenomenal place, a phenomenal promotion. We got guys from the West Coast like Samoan Joe, uh, uh, the American Dragon, Daniel Bryan, whatever his name is right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, Christopher Daniels, you know, Beach of Whitmer, CM Punk, all those yeah. guys. All my guys from New York, the SATs, the Hits, what, the Low Keys, you know. So, man, it became so awesome at the time. We felt like it was the new All Japan Wrestling and ECW merch in the blender. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. that's the way it felt. And I was more the... The not the hardcore guy. It was more like, well, we need to test somebody out. Give it to Homicide. I'm one mm. of those guys. You're like the like like how X Pac used to be. They say in WWE that they'd like throw him in with X Pac and say like, how was he? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, I think I'm still like that right now. But yeah. definitely, and Rick Devon was Then after that, a couple of years ago, um, I went to Puerto Rico. I wrestled Conan. We clicked very good. Mm-hmm. I knew Conan because I'm a fan. He's a legend, but I don't tell him, like, oh, my God, he's a legend. Like, nah, I'm be professional, you know? Yeah, you are. You cool, you know? <laughs> Whatever, you Conan, you know? <laughs> but uh, after that, he's like, I'm doing a new project in TNA Wrestling, and I heard about TNA Wrestling at the time and pay-per-views every Wednesday. But um, one day, I wrestled Conker Bandit in the New York City, and Mick Foley was there. And Mick Foley was like, man, uh, Vic Man will love what you're doing. I, I didn't get what he was saying. I think it was the, all the race, the browns, the, the the blacks, the whites. I had them in my hand. Mm. You know, because I was not into, like, like like that one, you know, the race. I'm, I'm all about everybody, yeah. you know. And Mick kind of, like, digged it. And he said, Mick will like that. Here's a number. You called John at the time. It was the Times relationship. You give him a call. And I had picks at TNA or WWE at the time. Yeah. I do that to era. So I picked TNAs because of the travels. You know, I had a baby and everything. Mm. I heard WWE was chaos with the traveling. And I want something new. But Gordon told me I got some, a new project called the Latin America's Change. It'll be myself and this guy named Apollo from Puerto Rico. Now, let's see what happens. So I picked that. Mm. So the first time I did, I went to TNA December 29 of 2005, uh, number six. No, excuse me, five, five. And the first thing I did is going to attack Bullet Bob Armstrong and Raw Dog Jesse James. Bro, Bullet Bob Armstrong, I know who that guy is. Like, I'm a fan. <laughs> yeah. Know? Like, come on. So I was, I was very blessed. Like, oh, wow, this is the first I'm doing. Hell yeah. So we did a few. He come um, um, badass Billy Gunn. They did some kind of gimmick called the VKM. Yeah, yeah, TNA. yeah. And, and like I said, Billy Gunn, I respect that dude. He He's an outlaw, bro. Right, right. <laughs> I don't care about his ass. He's an outlaw. <laughs> but yeah, man, after that, I, I feel with the guy. <laughs> so it was so cool, man. After that, it just picked off. Then, uh, Paula had some difficulties in Puerto Rico with his car ride. Mm-hmm. And he comes, um, this guy named um, Ricky Vega from Florida. His name is Machete, but Jared Jer at the time was the boss. He, oh, two small guys. No, we need somebody. He called Hernandez. Right. You know, we, we wanted that image like the Hart Foundation, like Bert Hart and the Envil. Yeah. You know, small guy, big guy. He called Hernandez, and we clicked, boom, right away. And it's funny because he was hostile Hernandez. He didn't know nothing about a thug or gangster or whatever. I told him, yo, what kind of movies you like? He told me some kind of a bullet 
corny movies. I tell them, dude, go watch American B, Blood and Blood Out. And it became ridiculous. They got tattoos. He'd be like, he saw the movies. He saw the movie. He loves it now. And we did a show. What, was he, what kind of movies was he watching before? Like, what kind of bootleg, like, corny? Like... I don't know, like, some kind of, uh, it's like Twilight. Like, so stupid, <laughs> romantic notebook. You know, like, seriously, he's that big. You throw people around, you watching that. Uh, he got, he's a good-hearted person. But he's got a sensitive though. side. Yeah, very, very <laughs> sensitive, you know. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> I think I'd be telling you, go watch American B and, and blah and blah out. It's amazing how uh how much film has like influenced you. Yeah. You know, I mean I feel like even as you're describing things, like mm -hmm. you describe kind of everything yeah. by movie characters. You mm -hmm. know, we still your entire career, you know, yeah. twenty whatever years, Michael Myers mask has been a part of it, that's, right? That's my main out of character, natural sinners. And I used Michael Myers' character, and nobody does know what I did is I took Michael Myers, part one, Halloween one, and the band called Slipknot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slipknot is charisma. is ridiculous. And did, wow. Corey from Slipknot's yeah. a huge wrestling fan. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mixed that in the blender. Let me put homicide. And I was a big Texas wrestling mark, you know, a fan with the, with, with the Von Erich, the Freebirds, and all that. Then he comes Boogaloo, my partner. Mm -hmm. He loves Harflitz. He loved the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We started a guy and the way he did. And we started the character. Okay, you're going to be Leatherface. Well, we can put some charisma into it. He had a chainsaw and everything. The only bad thing is that we caught ourselves, not only natural sinners, but we said we from the haunted houses of the Von Erics. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's going too far. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, so let's let's switch it up because we the controversy sells that time. But I was a big respectful for the Von Erics and I was it put a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. And I was so you, like, let, yeah. let's put Potter now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was true. I mean, back then it was like yeah. shock, 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 shock. It like, was. Like it was it was a wild time, but you're right. It's like you look back on that and you're like, eh. Yeah, it put, definitely wanna... put a bad taste. It's like a bad milk. You taste milk and you spit it out. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. You don't want that, you know. But it became great because of politics hit us hard. He went to a different direction of the company. I, I stood in the ring of honor. And I st I'm still doing the Michael Myers character. It's like Brad White. He got the fiend. He got the happy guy. You know, he's yeah, all yeah. happy. So I'm homicide, the, the G from the streets of New York. Then when I get crazy, I put the mask on. I put some slim on. I got my fork. And, you know, I yeah. go crazy. Yeah, that's but that's the issue, though. It's like people are like, Homicide is the toned down version. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's a little bit too homicide, a little tall, you know. So, so Danny DeMonte got a promotion called, uh, called ICW New York. Yeah. He had a good idea because they called me D as Demon because I was part of a crew. Mm. At the time, long story short, you know, I was like very. Um, I was getting abused by priests. I was a Catholic. That's your character? And, no, not character. Real life. Real life. Damn. And, 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 and yeah, a bunch of priests smacked me up, abused me. And wow. I told my mom, my mother was laughing at me. I had black eyes. Yo, everything was bad. At the time, I was like, why God is doing this? Then I became a little bit goth, a little bit devil, you know, stuff like that. Putting my nails black, you know, being stupid. I was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. The one day, <laughs> one, um, one of the former friends of mine, so they worshiper, told me, hey, Merry Christmas. I'm like, wait, hold up. Why are you saying that to me? Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus was born at Christmas. And I was so confused. I don't know what to believe, you know. So basically, I beat up those guys <laughs> into the golf, you know. And the crew that I was down with, um, they do prayers. I'm like, I'm not doing a prayer. 
So they they told, tell me in Spanish, oh, tú le demonio, like I'm a demon, you know, we're going to call you demon. So for years, that's you know, that's where D came from. Wow. You know, so people got lazy. We call you demon. We don't call you demon. D, call you D, yeah. <laughs> so now with the Michael Myers, they call me demon, you know. Right. So, so it, it's not demon like fan. Finn Bella, you know, I yeah. got two E's, not one E. That's <laughs> crazy, though, because I knew, like, I knew your name was D, but yeah. I was like, I wonder if his middle name starts with a D or something like that. Yeah. Like, that's that, wi- it, what a wild. Yeah, it, it's a tag name. But, man. Yeah, it, it's really Demon, but people like, no, me not quite Demon. And to me, look, I even got a gel tattoo, Demon. Yeah. It's my prison tattoo. I got like doing bad things. And yeah, people just, you know, be going crazy. Especially people that respect who's Christian, uh-huh. who's wrestlers. Nah, be not going to call you that. No, be going to call you real name. Man, I feel I got a bad history with my father at the time uh-huh. who give me the name Nelson, you know? Right. And I hated the name Nelson. I joked around like I'm the guy for the Simpsons. You know? I just beat up people up, you know? <laughs> the bully. But, yeah, but after I have a son and I'm stupid, like, ah, I just call him Nelson. Dude. He's junior, you know? So I'm not going to hate that name because that's my that's son's, son's name, name too, you know? So I don't care no more, you know? Yeah. But yeah, to this day, people still call me D. Yeah, that is, that's so great. So when you went, did you, were you in jail when you were younger? Yes. Or, yeah. I, I went to juvenile first. Uh-huh. That's when, I don't know if you remember, Mayor Giornati did the rule book, like whoever's 16, got to go to Rikers. Wow. And I went to Rikers, C-76. At 16? 16. I was there for three months. Whew. Yeah, man. It was a very, uh, it's scary. <laughs> yeah. It was. I mean, like, when you're living this life, Sixteen, you're in Rikers. When you're yeah. at home, the priests are beating you up. Yeah. Like you don't have a good relationship with your dad. Like, does it make the politics of wrestling a lot easier when when you know how difficult life mm. can be? It just uh, back then it was easier. Now it's like I don't care no more. Nothing. I just I just want people to listen to me. You know, like I don't care if you don't understand me. Uh, 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 I'm from the body of the hood. Just, yeah. Please listen to me. Like, I had a dream, and that dream just shut down. You know, like, my dream was MSG. That I did only wrestling. Then I, I wrestled the Arthur Ashe Stadium, the the U.S. Open, you know? And I was, like, incredible in Queens, New York. And mind you, it was, like, a visit. I came to just to visit my friends. Yeah. And they told me, you're doing something today. Like, no, I'm not doing nothing. Really? So yeah. you would you just popped in to be like, oh, Eddie Kingston and all my all my yeah. buddies are here, punks here, like everybody, yeah. like let me I just say just, hi. Yeah, exactly. And I was so appreciate grateful, man, that everybody said, No, you're gonna do something in Rampage. The last the last match of the night. It yeah. was Lance Archer and Maru Suzuki, yeah. who's the legend of all legends, against yeah. one of my pals, Eddie Kingston, and another one, John Moxley, a street fight match. Yeah. And it was the very end. It didn't even hit me. What hit me is behind the scenes that um Eddie did a little speech that, you know, his mother was there. He made it, he made it. And suddenly, Frank Sinatra came along. It was New York, New York. And that's when it hit me. Like, oh, my God. I can't, that's when I was like, forget about my dream, my MSG. I mean, this is? I, I'm here. This is my MSG. This is the dream. This like, is my I mean, moment. A, a, a building is the building. You're looking. The dream is the moment, yeah. right? Yeah. I just couldn't believe it was 20,000 people. And I just couldn't believe Even though it was TV taping, it was still it was still the best. You know? I mean, and it's 20,000 people, too. And this is the part that, like, hit me. <laughs> that, like, because I've known you forever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you're not on that TV show. Yeah. 
and all 20,000 of those people went nuts. They didn't just know who yeah. you were when you came out. Yeah. They went nuts. The internet was like, oh, you got to turn yeah. into Rampage. Homicide shows up at the end. Like, it was a big deal. It was incredible. Like, it was one of the biggest months of my life. Yeah. And it was funny because I wanted to do something like I come out the audience, like Stone Coast. I was like, I like, got arrested for jumping out and... Like, no, we got music for you. Like, wait, what? Wow. We got something like a time trial with your name on it. And I'm like, wait, are you kidding me? Yeah. And like, and they did it. And I was like, okay. You know, I'm not going to say, like, no to the boss. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not. So, you know better than me. No, exactly. <laughs> and it, it was right. It was it was phenomenal then. They went to a show in Philadelphia. I came, and man, I'm very grateful where I'm at right now. My dream was to, uh, to be a WWF wrestler. ECW, I want to go to walk down the ramp of the Tokyo Dome for New Japan Wrestling. Didn't happen, but something happened to me. And I went to Seattle last week for a promotion called Defy Pro Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. In Seattle. Phenomenal, phenomenal promotion. I'm not a big religious guy. I do believe in God, but something hit me. Like, I got a sign. Like, I went to Seattle for the first time ever. It's like, boom, you're not getting signed. You're going to be like a street legend or something like that. Yes. And I don't consider myself a legend. I'm very humble. I don't consider myself the king of New York, the guy of New York, the legend. I'm just very humble to be here and still still be alive. Um, I'm still walking. People still call me. I'm just got to never forget where I came from, you know? But, I mean, I think it's too, it's important when you talk about, like, oh, this was my dream, that was my dream. Because I was thinking about last night, just thinking about the fact that, like, oh, there's a whole generation, mm. I think, like, you, punk, a whole generation of people, really that first Ring of Honor generation that it's like, all you guys should have mm. been the next class of ECW. Yes. You know what I mean? That's clearly what it was, but it didn't happen. But then I was thinking about it, and it's like, one of the first major programs that you worked in Ring of mm. Honor yes. was with Steve Carino. Yes. And it's like, so, <laughs> okay, like, how do we really define this dream, right? Like, yeah. the, maybe the letters ECW weren't mm. on it, but you're here yeah. on the East Coast, the big, the third biggest promotion, or WWE wasn't even around. So for a period of time, Ring of Honor is the second biggest promotion yeah, in the United States. It was. And you're sitting there in a hot program yeah. with the king of old school, Steve Carino. And I tell you, man, we didn't like each other. I was, you didn't. I, I respect him so much. Mm -hmm. So much. You know, I think he is the man. I'm not going to be one of those guys like, man, school Steve Carino, you know. I'm not. He's the man. Mm -hmm. You know, but yeah, man, it was one of those moments. It did hit me later on, like, oh, wow, I'm doing something with this guy. Yeah. He is the man. Even though I hate his guts, you know, <laughs> but he's the man. No, but he I, is the man. It's weird. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> cool, that guy, but he's the man. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're thinking, you can, because Steve Carino, the entity, this guy that you watched in wrestling, everything mm. he's accomplished, he's the man. Yeah. Maybe that's separate from your, your interactions with the guy. Yeah, right? and I felt like it was the new Dusty Rose and Terry Funk. Yeah. I don't know if you know about that. Like, yeah. Terry Funk always like, oh, you yellow sucking dog. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> now, it's kind of cool that nobody does know I'm helping his son out, Kobe Carino. Like, I knew when he was with diapers coming along. He came bring his son to the venue. He was, he was like maybe five years old. Yeah, you should write Kobe's name on his, on yeah. his tape, right? Yeah. He, yeah, and now he's wrestling um, for the NWA. He's wrestling tonight, the Kyle's wrestling. He's becoming big, man. He's he's he got a bright future, that kid. I think so, too. Yeah, I think he's really, really good. I really think if he gets his um, promo skills like his dad's, mm -hmm. oh, man, watch out. I mean, he's good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But he just need that one little thing he's missing. It's that promo skills.
Do you have like a a promotion that you feel like is home? Because it's like you've worked everywhere. You know, mm. Jersey All Pro, like legend there, Ring of Honor. Yeah. I mean, you and the Briscoes are literally the only yeah. three. <laughs> yeah, first show. Last, Last show. show, grand opening, grand closing. Yeah. Like you know, I mean, you to impact obviously TNA, like mm. a huge yes person in the in the legacy of TNA. And you're talking about Big Japan, and you're talking mm. about NWA now. NWA obviously. now, yeah. Like, do you have? Is there one promotion that you're like, I'm one of those guys, or is it like, no, man, I'm <sighs> across the, I'm homicide. That's it. It's hard, like. I really love the National Wrestle Alliance. Yeah. Like, I got this my hoodie. Like, I really love those guys. Um, I'm a producer and agent there. I'm behind the scenes, you know? That's and awesome. I'm like Coach Joe Torrey for the Yankees, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's it's kind of cool, you know? And I like to be, I'm, I'm a big fan of the NWA back in the 80s, you know? And then I studied 60s and the 70s. I'm like, man, I can't believe I'm part of the NWA. Just like I'm going to be part of the WWF. I'm, I wasn't, but I am with the NWA. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of cool, you know. Then we got Ring of Honor, you know. Uh, it's kind of funny. I, I might get in trouble, but I really don't care. You know? <laughs> but uh, they did, like, a TV tapings that I was the very last match. Because there's a rumor that they done. I think they're going to take a hiatus and they're going to come back with a different, you know, look and everything. Yeah. But I was part of the last match. It was the 12-man tag match. And the opposite of the corner was the Briscoe brothers, you know. And after that match, I give them a hug. Thank you for everything. Thank you for the memories. You know, I had so many great memories there. Um, TNA, I, I man, I had so many great memories in TNA. And Pat Wilson, too. Even though I feel that it's too little different. I mean, it's the same, but it's a little bit too different sure, things, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, I just feel right now, like, NWA, to me, is, like, my baby. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I want to help those guys. But, of course, I like to help other crews. You know, they got, right now, I just, just got into MLW. Even though I was part of the originals, mm -hmm. you know, but I'm part of the new squad of the MLW. This is what happens with that. Um, Rhythm of Honor, you know, same. Um, hopefully, do better mm -hmm. than ever. Um, Impact, I think I'm done with Impact. You know? I'm, not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying I'm bad things about it, but that's it's a wrap. You know yeah. what I mean? I want to pass the torch to my, my new guys, the LEX guys. Mm. Like, he's a torch. Do your thing. Not yeah. their only wrestlings, though. But I think I'm going to say Ender Your Weight. That's, 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 my, your, that's your, yeah. your home now. Yeah. That, that's what feels like home. Yeah. And it is, too. I mean, talk about uh, 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 Slipknot. Mm. Like I grew up a Smashing Pumpkins fan, so the idea, like ah. when I see Billy Corgan at yeah. shows and he's like, "Hey, what's up, Sam?" I'm like, "But yeah, you're, you're," and it's like, "No, he's like in this, yeah. like he's just." It's so fun to talk to somebody like that about wrestling, and you're like, "Oh, he bleeds this just like all and of bro, us." Like he, he's a fan, but yeah. he's smart. He knows what he's saying, man. Like, I be having meetings with him. I'm like, man, this guy knows stuff, and it's funny because at the time I don't know about Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> I was talking about Slayer. And next to him, like, he's a rock star, this guy. You know, I'm talking about Slayer. Like, yeah, like, who's special pumpkins? I like pumpkins, like pumpkin pie or whatever. Yeah, you know, but, yeah. But that I, pumpkin that, from that movie, Halloween. Yeah, exactly. That's what you I, I like that, but yeah, they, they smart me up. Like, oh, we're on my back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but that dude, he's really a smart guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, I don't think he's there for... A bunch nah, of fans man. to be around him. He's there for wrestling brands. Yeah, he's to be, very passionate. Yeah. That's what I like about this guy, man. He's very passionate about his product. I'm happy that he brought the NWA back to life. You know, because back in the days, it, that promotion was phenomenal. To yeah. me, it was like NWA, then ECW, 
the Ring of Honor. Now you got everything going on. That's the way I see it, you know. And he brought it back. So I could happy with what he did. And I think the product, especially I'm there, but I make sure, you know, I'm very passionate, a team player. I'm bringing that passion and giving it to everybody. We're going to do something and we're going to make it. What was it like, uh, I don't know, a month or so ago? You're there in Queens. Mm. You got Minoru Suzuki. Mm. I mean, that had to be yeah. unbelievable for you. Yeah. Well, big shout out to Brett Law though and Gage and Wrestling. It's wild what they're doing yeah. too. Yeah, it is. It is why that's the new ECW, but that's not a story that I got talked about. <laughs> but um, <laughs> hit me up. He said, hey, you ever wrestled Minoru Suzuki? Nah, man, but he is my last of the bucket list of all the legends of Japanese wrestling. Because I'm a big fan of Japanese wrestling. My hero is Masahiro Chono. That's my hero, but he got a neck injury, can't wrestle. So right. I'm like, ugh. I wrestle Kojima. That's my other hero. That's why I do a diamond cutter. Well, we call it Koji Cutter. The Lariat is from him. You know, of course, the guys like Slants and also like, I wrestle Liger, who's like, he's a legit Thunder God. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, legit. <laughs> like, he is the Mayabin, the Ma- Rushmore, Japan wrestling. He is like God of. Cruiserweights, like Did Tiger Mask. Was that a Jersey All-Pro yes, that you wrestled Liger? Pro. Yeah, yes. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I beat him. Yeah. But the top got her, I'm like, <laughs> picture. Uh, so, yeah, it was so cool. I wrestled Mas, 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 Masato Tanaka from ECW. Yeah. I wrestled him in Japan. I wrestled in the United States, Jersey All-Pro. So I wrestled all these Japanese guys. And to me, I teamed up with Kenta Kabashi. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like, the Wu-Tang Clan, the wrestler right there, you know? I was, like, blessed. But when they told me Minoru Suzuki, I'm like, I, this got to be a joke. It got to be a joke. This yeah. not for real. Then he's like, yo, D, I'm, I'm not playing. You want to wrestle him? Of course, because that's part of my final bucket list. Yeah. Then it didn't hit me. Yeah, it didn't hit me, you know? That day happened. I met him. I've been in Manoli Wrestling, actually. No, and I said, hi, how you doing? My name is Hamasai. You know, he doesn't know me at all, so... And GCW. <laughs> I do, uh, by the way, I like that you have a polite way of being like, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. My name is Homicide. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I gotta be polite. Yeah. I wonder what they Yeah, Homicide. Homicide. Oh, homicide. Yeah. Call me Homicide. <laughs> I think it's really that's good. Oh, Homicide. Homicide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and Game Changer, like, he came up to me. We said we're gonna do our thing. He was very humble. That's one thing I respect him so much. He's very humble. Mm-hmm. At first, it was like, oh, he's one of those guys. Like, you know, bad attitude. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like a real shoot fight. You know, mm-hmm. UFC kind of thing. You know, and but you were, wasn't. were you ready for that if it turned like... Yeah, yeah, I'm always ready. I'm always ready. You know, I'm always ready. Like, I'm not, I got a background. <laughs> you know, MVP call it the black belt pro wrestling. Uh-huh. You know, I got that. And also, I got my ghetto black belt. I got my razor blade just in case. You know, my fault. But nah. <laughs> but Zuki was, you know. Yeah. I felt like... If you going to kick bass, at least let me punch him in the face. You know? <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Let me punch his face. He got a little bark and goes to Japan. That homicide did that to me. <laughs> like, you know, but he was so cool. He is incredible. You know, one of the best matches of my career mm-hmm. was with well, excuse me. It was Liger, mm-hmm. but Suzuki topped it. Wow. And um in the end, you can see the video, he got a microphone. He say thank you, homicide. Can I curse here? I sure. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Man, I love cursing. So you got <laughs> I love cursing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Like, like people are so sensitive to this planet, you know. Yeah. Like this is a new human life now. But anyway, so he said, "Oh, uh, thank you, New York City, and thank you, fucking homicide." And I'm like, "Holy shit!" Did he just say that? <laughs> fake, and you see the video, be cheesing, laughing, like, "Oh wow!" He really said that. We go to the bank, man. Give me so much props. That's when he remembered me. That's awesome. He was like, "Man, I knew it was that over." Yeah, I'm kind of big out here, so I don't know. <laughs> but I'm cool, you know. And now people call me the I'm the American Suzuki. I don't know what that means, but it's us cool. It's so, a compliment. There it right? is. It's it a is. compliment. I'm like, okay, it's cool. <laughs> I like it. But he's he's amazed that guy, man. He's one of those guys, man. He needs help. I would go to Japan to help him out. That's awesome. That's how incredible that guy is. Do you uh do you think sometimes, man, like not only about your bucket list, mm. but when you look at your list of not only people that like work with you, mm. but people that would say like, you know, those people respect you just as much as you respect them. Because I mean, like when you think about the people that you've worked with, mm. it's literally the top names in the industry. Mm. I mean, you're talking about AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, yeah. CM Punk. Like, I mean, you know, the list just goes, MVP was, you know, everybody, no. everybody that's at the top is that's your, that's your class. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing. It no? is. It is. And they really hit me, like, late. My first, I didn't. To me, I'm like, whatever. But they really hit me. Like, oh, wow. Okay, I got a cool class, you know? Yeah. Like, you know? And Eddie Keys, they always yell at me. Like, oh, what's wrong with you, man? You should be, you know, feeling like in the higher level. Like, not egotistic. I always tell them, like, have a little ego. Be confident that you're good, you know? Now he's going to feel with CM Punk. He doesn't realize what he's doing, you know. Uh -huh. Like I'm, I'm in a good way though. In a right, good way. Right. CM Punk is one. He is one of the best in his business. Yeah. As a wrestler, uh, promo skills, even a, a a human being. You know, this man went to ECW, WWE. He was a millionaire, and he still remembered the little people like myself. He still calls me. I respect that so much. Yeah. There's so many people like, oh, he's an asshole. He's a cool asshole. I don't <laughs> tell you. I like punk, you know. You know? So, and, uh, and I'm very happy that Eddie's going to get that kind of program with CM Punk because I never had a major feud with CM Punk. I did wrestle CM Punk. He's incredible. Mm -hmm. And he still got it. And I want him to, he, even he's older, I still want him to go and get busy, you know, mm -hmm. go out there and get busy and take care of my boy, you know. Yeah. And Eddie's gonna he's gonna do it. Yeah. And that's gonna be a great, great feud. It's gonna be great. And just seeing I mean, just seeing Eddie Kingston in the position that he's in. Yeah. It's like it's gotta make it's it, it, it's gotta make you elated. Yeah. You know? If he see if he feels like, oh, I still need more, I don't know what's wrong with you, bro. Like <laughs> you got concussions or something. Like he's in the top of the change right now, man. He's doing so well, he should be proud of himself. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, then you look at, but also, you know, I feel like you have done a similar thing where I feel like every room that you go in, yeah. whether people know you when they show up mm. or get to know you once you're there, it's like as soon as you walk out, people are like, I know who this is. I know yeah. what this is. And like, they're on your side yeah. immediately. Like you have that thing. That connection, yes. right? That they talk about in wrestling. Like that's, that's one to me the most important thing mm. is connecting with the audience, and I mm. feel like that's why you skyrocketed in Jersey All Pro and Ring of Honor and everywhere you go. It's like, yeah, it's just something about, and maybe it's that it's that working class thing. Maybe it's that thing that you seem authentic. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's more also respect, man. I just want to be respected. I bust my butt since '94. 
I want to be part on that level that everybody's part of. Mm-hmm. I know I could be part of that level. Like, just give me a chance. Give me a try. I, just listen to me, you know? Yeah. And boom, I came up a little bit quiet, but I came up and boom, it's just explosive. And yeah. I'm very blessed, man. I'm very happy that I feel with guys like Simone Joe. I had a great feel with Cole Cabana. Yeah. Now, man, the list going and. I never think stuff like that. And that's where any kids here like smack me back, man. What's wrong with you, man? Like, <laughs> I never do because, like I said, one of my fears, never forget where it came from. That's mm-hmm. one of my fears. I never forget because I got a lot of friends, my close friends forgot where they came from. Mm. And I think that's that's kind of whack. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I don't want to be part of that. And sometimes I don't feel like, I, yesterday there was a promotion called Outlaw Wrestling in Long Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boo James, that's a promotion. Great, great promotion. And they give me a little, a little locker room. I mean, it was nice, couch, drinks, and everything. Man, I'm gonna hang out with the big boys, you know. I'm, man, I'm not with that, you know. So I hung out with the, with the locals, you know, mm-hmm. the, the guys who's under me, you know. Because that's the way I am. Yeah. You know what I mean, I never forget where I came from. I bust my butt. I'm from Brooklyn, New York City, from the poor. I never, I'm, if I be rich, I'm never going to fail where I came from. Right. You know, and wrestling, the same thing, too. You know, I, I wrestle in barns, black parties, you know, <laughs> stadiums. I did it all. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's cool, man. Like, when I die, I hope I don't, but even though we all going to die, right. I want to be like a Highlander. Like, I don't want to die. <laughs> you know? But, hey, man, that, at the time, I'll be like, hey, man, I did it. Even though I'm not part of WrestleMania, yeah. all the talking don't, but I still got that, you know, that it factor. So, who put together uh, Violence Unlimited? Because man, like, I was thinking about that. It's like if <clears throat> if if I were gonna start a promotion mm. today, mm. it's like you're right there in that Terry Funk role of experience. Yes, but then the guys that you're with in that group. Chris Dickinson, Tony Deppin, Brody King. It's like those are the guys. Like those, yeah. like the fact that a promotion hasn't already scooped all three of them up is like, yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Like these are the yeah. guys. So, so was that? Did you see those guys and go, we should do something together? Or did did Ring of Honor come and go like, this is what we're thinking? Or? Um, I, I, Brody King is just the one that made up. I, I think I know. I think it was Brody King. I read about it, but Brody King went had an idea. Let's do this. Let's bring back these uh, homicide, Chris mm-hmm. Dixon, Tony. And one day I got a call and I did a, It was one of those, okay, what's about tomorrow? And boom. Then I sat down. I'm like, man, we some badasses, you yeah. know? Because Brody Kid, he's, he, he's good. Yeah. I got, he reminds me like Bruce Brody doing Lucha Libre <laughs> with tattoos looking like hay breed, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, but he's, he's good. Tony Dapper, he's phenomenal. I get to know him even more. I'm like, man, this guy's really good. Yeah. You know, and I like the way he looks. He might kick my ass, but he looks like a school teacher who can kick ass. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. He looks like, like if Mr. Rogers like yeah. took off the sweater and you were like, oh no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. library or something. <laughs> like, we're Spike Dully with the temple yeah. there. That's him, you know? <laughs> you know. And Chris Dickinson, man, forget it. Like to me, like people compare me to the new the new kid in New York. I think he's the new guy, you know, that guy that comes in. Who comes after me, you know? That guy is he's incredible. And that's interesting about Chris Dickinson too, because yeah. he's also a Jersey All Pro kid. Like he was he was a young, young, young yeah. guy when you were there. He was a fan and he told me stories like, I did that? 
Oh, wow, that go to my tapes. Like, oh, I did that. He, <laughs> he, he don't play around, man. He's very passionate, man. You need people like that. You need people in your team. That's the type of person that you need in your team is Dickinson. Yeah. Brody King, too, and Tony Denver. That's a great crew, man. I've been through a lot of crews, you know. Yeah. That crew, yeah. man. Woo. That crew is money. <laughs> yeah. That's the bank, the chase, the PSC bank. <laughs> Pull all the blessings, but... <laughs> Yeah, man, if, if we're never closed down, it's a rumor. Yeah. I really hope at least, like, have new members of the uh, Violent Limited. Man, that crew is so good, you know? And yeah. Dixon, those guys. Me, even though I talk a lot of crap, like, I'm done, I'm going to retire. I sound like Terry Funk sometimes, <laughs> you know? But I get so burned out and I get so bitter. Not bitter, like, the politics comes in. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, man, screw this, man. I'm doing this, you know? Need, I don't need this. Yeah, yeah. man. And I do that. Man, I'm done. I'm done. I get injured. I'm done. I'm done, you know? And something keep pulling me back in. How I many, how many times back. have you retired? I would say six. <laughs> six times. Six times. Six I'm, times. I think I got like a while, like 12 months ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, does anybody believe you when yeah. you go like, like mm-hmm. I'm done? No, okay, dude. But I, I think that's cool. They don't believe me because they know me. Yeah, they don't, yeah dude, whatever. Okay. Stop <laughs> bullshit. Like, oh, all right. <laughs> I can dig that because you know me like that. And everybody does now. It's getting ridiculous now. Yeah. If I say right now, I'm going to retire next year. Yeah, right. Whatever. <laughs> because I feel like I, I'm going to be done when I'm 45. I'm 44. Yeah. I don't want to go when I'm 46 as a performer. But of course, I all mean, the guys, they'll be like, yeah, whatever, D. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to go when you're 46 because you're not 46. Nah. Like, when you're 46, you're not going to feel like you're 46. You're going to nah. go like, ah, this feels different. I, th- hey, I no. think I can still go. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I feel like that right now. Like, I'm 44 and all that. I still got up to doing suicide dives like and stuff if, like that. Like, if you were a kid, right? Like, if we were sitting here having this conversation right in the middle of your, like, Steve Carino rivalry, yeah. and I was like... You're gonna, you're gonna, you can still be doing this at forty. You'd probably be like, no, I'm done by thirty-five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm really happy before. Yeah, like, I'm crazy. But like, yeah, like I don't want to do one forty-six. Even though talking a little crap, I might do something one forty-six. Yeah, but I really don't. You don't think so? I mean, I just need a closure, a great closure. Well, yeah. So what do you think? What do you think that last match for you looks like? Like so many. The thing about like you know. This is my dream. That's my dream. Is like yeah. these dreams like change, and also like you know, this is like oh, this is the representation of that. Yeah. So like, you've lived so many of your dreams, and just the fact that you've had a mm-hmm. career in wrestling. Yeah. And you're a legend, and like have the amount of respect that you do. That's the dream, ultimately. Mm-hmm. So what's the thing? Like, what would your last match <sighs> well, be, or you know, would it be a program or what? Like. I would love a program, but my vision, the way I see it, is it got to be in New York City. Yeah. I got to bring my mother. My mother never came to a professional wrestling. She's one of the the people that told me, this is not a job. Get a real job. Go to Key Food or something. <laughs> like, what? No. <laughs> Nah, but that's a career. At least giants, you know. Like, yeah, I first said, well, I want to become a baseball player. Like, no, that's too dangerous. Oh, what? <laughs> okay. They said Kifu? Uh, yeah, so bring my bring my mother and uh hang my boots, put them in the ring, and just leave. Tell tell people thank you so much and leave him a new my new chapter era has become one of those guys, like, behind the scenes. I would not wear a suit, no. <laughs> but yeah. I'll be behind the scenes kind of guy, like a producer, or coach, or an agent, or whatever. But as a performer, 
My vision is wrestle uh, somebody from New York City. Wrestle my last match in New York. And it's the reason why New York. No offense to other like cities and countries, but I started in New York. I'm going to finish New York. Mm-hmm. A lot of, it's like a movie. A lot of people say, well, I'm going to take a homicide. The only one's going to take a homicide is homicide. Mm-hmm. You know, so I already got a video too, like, Homicide's walking the street, and there's a guy with a barrel of shotgun and just kill Homicide. The camera turns around, it's me. I'm like, oh, you shit, did it. I did it. That's I, cool. I, I killed Homicide. That's cool. <laughs> uh, so that, that's my vision. Like, I bring my mother, you know, yeah. hopefully she's still in this planet, you know. And, um, yeah, so, take my boots and put them in me. All right, so what if, like, Brett Lauderdale called you and he was like, yo, we're running the Hammerstein in January. What if that's your retirement match? Uh, January too soon. Too soon, right? Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. That's the terrible moment. Yeah. Too soon. Yeah, no, too no, soon. no, no, no. Even though I'm, I'm still coming to support. Right. You know, um, I'm not You're there. You're not ready to I'm, hang the boots just nah, yet. Nah, yeah, I'm not. Even though I thought about it, he, he did a show for me, 5150, in Brooklyn, New yeah. York. I wasn't retired. Then somehow, like, nah. 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 <laughs> I wrestled Mr. Suzuki, and I was thinking about it. I told mm-hmm. my friend, I think I'm done. Right. That's like my life. Perfect. Queens, New York. I guess one of the guys that idolized one of my buggerless. I think I'm done. Then I'm like, nah. nah. I don't know. Who so, would who would have thought, by the way, that like you were a bootleg undertaker when you first first started. Mm. And now your career is like that documentary with The Undertaker and all his last matches at WrestleMania when he's like, maybe this is going to be the last one. Yeah. Nah. Nah. nah not yet. Not, not yet. yet. Too soon. Not yet. Not yet. Not I need to feel it. Now, you know what? The Homicide Ballroom is in January. <laughs> it's, it's just it's beginning too... of the new year. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that I love to have my last match at Halloween, but look at the calendar. I think it's not going to be on a Friday or on Saturday. So... But Halloween would be perfect. Even Christmas, you know? Christmas. Yeah, yeah even Christmas. You know, Bahamba, Toros, Bofos out there. You know? but, but yeah, like, it's too early for the of Barroom. I just feel that um, I'm I'm supportive. I want G-Star to blow up. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to Hamasa Barroom. All right, guys, there's the pressure. I'm putting pressure on you. Yeah. Let's blow it up. Let's this do is it. what you want. Let's that, do that's it. what I want for those guys. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, Did you ever think, like, uh, behind the scenes would be where you'd end up like when you i mean you know obviously in your 20s and even in your early 30s like you never think about that stuff but like as you as you're wrestling at what point did you go i think i want to keep doing this forever but obviously i can't perform forever i'm going to find other parts of the business that i'm going to be able to do it was a match that i was First of all, I had to imagine it was many me and Eddie Keystone versus the Dawsons, mm-hmm. and one of the Dawsons hit me with a chair shot in the head, and it was at the time I got a couple of concussions. Doc telling me you got a right size, eh, you know, it's one of those. But um, I yell at them, and they're good people. I like those guys, but I yell at them real bad. You know, I'm talking about death. Like I'm gonna kill you. Do this again. You know, it was bad. And um, Rick and Morton just pat me in the ass like a football player. Good kid. That's the way you talk to them. I'm like, wait, what? Rick and Morton just did that? <laughs> then um, at the time, Dave Lickard came up to me. It was show. He was like, I think you should be an agent. And I'm like, okay, why? I said, because we need something like that in our locker room, like a locker room leader. Mm. You know, like, because that's my aura. When I go to a locker room, 
respect everything everything gotta be in check you know i'm not there to be a boss it's just the way it is it's a call in the rule mm -hmm. like if i'm not in the show i'm bringing my gear with me just in case right you know but as a locker room that's my aura i'm definitely gonna come i am a leader i'm not a follower you right. know so they told me hey be an agent and i felt mm. they said i don't want you to wrestle then i feel some kind of way mm -hmm. like ah I got some kind of advices for the Rockwell Express, Er Hefner, Dave Hefner, and D. I think it's that time, you know, your body's banged up, you know, just take it easy, do this, you're going to have fun. Suddenly, the first match I agent was the Rockwell Express. And to me, I was mocking out, fan, like, oh my, like, I was joking around, like, I'm your boss, so mm -hmm. you need to listen to me, you know, to, to Ricky Martin and give. Nah. Then after that, it was a match. Recently, too, it was Thunder Rosa and Camille. And then something happened that Trevor Murdoch was the agent. Then we did a switch. Then I'm going to be agent for that match. And uh, I was like a kid, like 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 a high school, like some kind of football game, watching kids, you know, just standing up, screaming. like. And that's when I knew, like, I think I'm going to do this forever, you know, because of that match. You know, because that match wow. was so, so great. Things happened. I'm behind the scenes about that match, but they became very professional. You know, Thunder Rose was one of the greatest woman wrestlers in the world. Camille, she's the she's the future. You know, mm -hmm. she had that be real at the time. She was like, ah, eh. now she's like, okay, she got something. You know, she definitely people need to watch out for her. Mm -hmm. And um, at that match, that's when I feel like, yeah, I'm doing this. This is my new life right now. I'm I'm gonna start learning. Now, talking to these legends out there, I'm doing this, and boom, I fell in love. That's amazing. That you I fell in love. love again. I fell in love, man. At first, I was going through it's called wrestling depression. Uh -huh. Like, ah, uh, I got, like, <laughs> you want to go to work, right? But you want to go to work happy. Right. You don't want to be like, oh, I got to go to work, you know? And the end of my years of wrestling, it was like that. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I really want to take a trip to such and such and do this. I really don't want to. All right, I think about paycheck. Oh, I need this money, you know, for my kid, whatever, for the house. Now it's like I can't wait. Mm -hmm. You know, like the way you got a pay per view in December. It's called Hard Times Two. I can't wait. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited. I'm not performing. I'm an agent. That's amazing. And uh, I'm excited about that. You know, and we had a show in Kentucky, and there was a match. It was um memes and um I forgot his name. I'm so sorry. He got a mask, but. Means became a star, mm -hmm. you know. Um, there was another match. Uh, it was this girl named um, Paige and Carmella. Mm -hmm. um, she became my star. And, man, December is going to be so good. I that's, can't wait. That's awesome. That's awesome. You're talking about getting mad. What was your attitude like that night in Impact or TNA? Mm-hmm. You were hanging off that goddamn cage, and they were just leaving you up there. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, God curse. Yeah. I right, fuck these motherfuckers. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, why is it so embarrassing? I tell you, I was in the embarrassing part. You know. I don't want to say fuck Hulk Hogan. Because no. he's a legend. But. He's a legend, but, but. we're capitalists, but you know. <laughs> I always remember, like we had a meeting. Hogan was talking. He 
he wants to take over. You know, he wanted to uh, compete Vince McMahon, the Monday Night Challenge. And I was like, nah, man, let's stay in. They stay Thursdays. Yeah. Let's do our not thing. Go. We're not going to compete with a billion dollar company. I don't even know that time with the billion dollars, but we're not going to compete with Doug. But he had the cojones, the balls to do it. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do it. Then it was the little stupid Mad Max Thunderdome cage, look like Mel Gibson. And <laughs> first of all, I got so mad because um, I'm I'm a great storyteller of matches. Uh, I think it was Jalito. He had like some kind of a stick, a metal pipe or something mm. inside of a cage. Mm-hmm. Hit some. Uh, no, excuse me. I hit someone. That's how pissed I was. I forgot my whole thing. <laughs> so I hit somebody and it said, I'm the Q. <laughs> so let me go to this fucking, this stupid, the, the hole. angle hole. <laughs> yeah, it like, it like domed up. Yeah. Like it wasn't like, a, like you could climb up the side, but it like domed up. And then there was like a little circle yeah. in the middle, but you had to like shimmy up a ceiling almost. Exactly. Like be be horizontal. It was horrible. Very. It's really a workout. You know, I work out, but it was really one of those workout things. So that moment, meaning like um, in the morning, Terry Teller came up to me, who's a, to me is a great guy. I love mm-hmm. Terry Teller. To me, um, D, I'm going to practice that. And I was confident. I'm very confident. No, I'm good. I should have practiced, you know, <laughs> because I got a bad show at the time. Oh, a, that's even worse. I had a rotated cuff surgery. It was being Steve Carino yep. and Ring of Honor in wow. 2004. I did a little tope, and in the picture, it looked like he Ric Flair me. Me and Ric Flair go to top row, and yeah. somebody do the whoop. He did that to me. And my bone, it was in New York City, but the Knicks um, practiced that. I forgot where, but... Yeah, I had this bone coming out, oh. and I was stabbing him for real with my, my other hand because it was bad. So, yeah, they told me you need surgery. That was in 2004. I had the surgery in 2015. That match happened in January. I don't even know what the day is, but it was 2010, the first live show, and Monday competing with Monday Night Raw. And the first day was I was gonna be in that match. I was the first person, the first big angle, the first everything, and I fucked up. <laughs> wow, well, kind of embarrassing. That was one of the most embarrassing moments in my career. Yeah, you know, I should have practiced, but I did tell I got a bad shoulder. How about we do something else? And it's starting to make no sense. I hit somebody with a damn cane, a pipe, and you DQ me. Then I got climbed this little stupid hole, <laughs> and I got a pause like Tom Dreamer. Like come on, like. It was like they had Jeff Hardy comes in, yeah. beat me up yeah. and stuff like that. So that's what he did. He was late, you know. He's busy play, and he was late for his right. action. And yeah, I just go at them. He beat me up, and I told Vince Russo, who was the whatever it is, Tan Valencia. I told him, "Hey, how about me and Jeff Hardy do a program?" Oh, let me think about it, kid. When somebody say, let me think about it and put that hand up, I already know what that means. I ain't stupid. Yeah. I smoke a lot of that nature, drink, <laughs> but I know what that means, you know. So I'm like, yeah, they messed up. Like, yeah. meaning like, I'm going to get released. So that's in January. So I had a match at Coney Island. I was so spanky. Brian Kendrick, I did my little dive. He didn't call me. I put two groin injuries. Mm-hmm. I'm a mess now. I got two groin injuries, a bad shoulder. I'm saying to myself, I'm getting released. Here come August. And Terry Teller called me and said, hey, Nelson, um, I'm sorry, we got to release you. And I did a, okay. <laughs> and he was like, that's it? Okay. Well, you want me to cry for you or something? Okay, that's it. 
that I called my good friend in person on night and told me, hey, I just got reason for TNA. And he said, that's kind of funny because Rita Von just asked about you. How about you do something for 9-11? And that's why I did a show for 9-11 uh-huh. in the Homicide Ballroom on Mass Center. I did a, last week, Roger Strong beat um, Tyler Black. He's Ted Rollins. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was leaving to WWE, and I came back. And you get the world title Rollins. program with yes, Roger Strong. Strong. Yeah. Oh, that had to... And that had to, I mean, that had to just feel so much better. It was good. It was more, good. Yeah. Like, I was more hurt. Not that I got released. Of course, I got a lot of friends out there. I just felt, but that's the way wrestling is. They lie to you. Right. Nobody's real. Right. Nobody's going to tell you, like, Homicide, you really fucked up in that match. That that cage match, you should practice. I'd rather hear that. Then, yeah. Then, oh, yeah, it was okay. No, I hate that. Like, it wasn't okay. No, it was okay, bro. Right, like, right. Like the I know day, that. I'm, yeah. I've been, yeah. Yeah, like, so, yeah, I waited, waited, waited. That's when I got the call. I said, you got released. No, say fire. Don't release <laughs> fire, bro. Like, oh, bro. <laughs> well, it's to like, he's a great man. Yeah. You know? So, when he told me that, like, I don't know, for some reason, I was very calm. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't mad. I wasn't depressed. I wasn't sad. I bought a little apartment in Tampa. My dad passed away, so I moved to New York. Then my brother needed help, so I saved some money. I bought him a house, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. That's what Terry called me. Hey, you got released. I still, okay. Then I got, I got lucky. I called my friend. Hey, Vrindavada, ask him. You could come. Okay, I'm a free agent. And boom, I was in, in the show 9-11, did a program with Roger Strong. And it was kind of cool when Steph Rollins was leaving. I was coming in, mm-hmm. and, but not only that I was coming in, it was like one of the old school, the originals coming yeah. in, you know, it was kind of cool, you know, like, I think I thought that's my moment right there, okay, you leave it, and it was kind of cool, like, in the curtain, he came up to me like, hey, Homicide, welcome back, man, tear it up again, that was kind of cool, I don't know if you remember that, but when he told me that, that was so cool, because yeah. to me, my mind was like, all right, let's go, Yeah. You know, my music hit, boom. That's also, awesome. And that probably like boosted your confidence through oh, the yeah. roof too. Big time. Like you're like, time. oh yeah, I forgot. Like I'm that guy. Yes. You know what I mean? Big time. I had that good confidence level for two years, then yeah. after that, that went down. That when I got the surgery, that definitely went down. I thought it was I even cried like a little baby, like, oh no, I'm getting surgery, my shoulder, I'm done, I'm done, you know. Because I need my closure. That's one thing I'm keep stressing about. I need my closure. Uh-huh. And um, I had surgery and did not get no closure. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I came back, you know, and especially right now at this moment, I'm tearing up, man. I'm I'm grinding. That's yeah. what I'm doing, you know. I'm not, it's not about the money, even though I got to pay the bills and all that stuff, you know. Nobody wants to be, everybody wants to be rich, you know. Yeah. Nobody's not going to say like, you know, forget about the money. Yeah, no, it's different ways to say it, you know. Yeah. But um, no, I'm grinding, man. I'm hustling. I'm doing everything. Nobody doesn't know that I work for MLW, NWA, Ring of Honor, appearance for Oli Wrestling. Yeah. Anybody's doing that? I'm a free agent. I'm the hottest free agent in wrestling. You're but working. The, it's crazy. I mean, it is nuts when I look at, like, your schedule and, like, every weekend yeah. just going, 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 and it's matches. Yeah. You know? it's an, it's It's amazing, and I'm sure, you know... You didn't think that you were going to fill up your dance card again? Absolutely. You know, and sometimes I feel like, oh, people forgot. You mm-hmm. know, nobody's mentioned it. And especially these um internet guys, you mm-hmm. know, to put, I don't see stuff like that no more. Like, I think that's bad. It's meant to. 
You know, you see something that's very negative, mm -hmm. like people go crazy, you know. Then you say something like, oh, you're a keyboard warrior. I'm going to get you and blah. Nah, I don't, whatever, you know. Yeah. My thing is you keep talking about me. So why my, my <laughs> your head is on my, nah, you keep talking about me. Why, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I love it, though. I can't complain. I love it. It's amazing. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I was looking, I was watching a clip from the last time we did an interview seven years ago. Seven years ago, it was, wow. it was the you. The clan. Yeah. It was you, Joe, MVP, and Loki. Yes. That was, and that was where you first, you guys, I don't remember if it was P or who said it first. Mm. This is the first time you were like, this is the Wu-Tang of wrestling. Yes, and it that, is. And it stuck. It really is. And it stuck. Look, look at my tattoo. I see it. We really are. I see it. The, the, Man, we are the Wu Tang wrestling. Yeah. Oh, come on, nobody just compete with Tayson to compete with us. Yeah, we're gonna show you like. But so my, my favorite part of that, one of my, and it's always stuck with me for all the years, is like I can't remember how it came up, but like talking about like how good wrestling has been to you. Yeah, and you were like, you understand? Mm. I was in Australia hanging out with kangaroos. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, seriously, you gotta think about that. Kangaroos yeah. be like, yeah. I wasn't born with anybody thinking I'd be hanging out with kangaroos. Yeah. And look at me. Yeah, I mean, it sounds funny, but you gotta think about that. Like, what, this guy, kangaroos, really? Yeah. And I, I went four times after that. After that interview, I went four times. Man, and now, kangaroos every time, right? The only kangaroos I went skydiving. You've been skydiving? Skydiving, Holmes. Wow. Skydiving. Anybody you grew up with. Would they believe? Nope. They, it's not an experience. No. We say and now you're skydiving. We say something negative like, oh, I've been shot. I've been stabbed. I've been through jail. I did skydiving. <laughs> That's better. Yeah. You know? yeah. They answer, oh, you crazy. No, no, get shot is crazy. You know? <laughs> I, don't get, I got shot. No, no. <laughs> so, sky did you like skydiving? I loved it. Oh, and not only that, the Red Bull Challenge, I drove a plane. You drove a plane? I drove a plane. Whoa. So, I shout out to my night, a promotion called New Horizon Professional Wrestling. Back, he used to wrestle with the Samoans, mm -hmm. you know? But yes, I drove, I drove, homicide, drove a plane. Of course, I had, like, you know, a teacher, like... Yeah, but that? I mean, that's what I what's feel it? like that's one of those things where it's like, no matter what's happening in life... Yeah. You're like, bro, I drove a plane. I drove a plane, exactly. I mean, we... It's just like, I was a guy with kangaroos. Now, <laughs> yeah. I drove not a plane, a Red Bull Challenge plane. A Red Bull Challenge plane, bro. Then after that, I did skydiving. And I did little, what's that little gimmick thing? Like, I, I was With the driving. Parachute? Yeah, the parachute driving. Yeah. Even though they, they bust my balls, like, hey, man, we go to the river and there's sharks. <laughs> we go, we go, we go right, you know, <laughs> to the sand, you know, because the beach. But, man, I got a picture on Instagram when I was skydiving, and I said, I feel like Superfly Jimmy Stugger, like someone doing splash in the world, you know, but it's, it's, uh, it's incredible. Yeah. What a yeah, life. Yeah, what exactly. What a life. Exactly. Like I said, I wish I was a highlighter, but hey, man, hey. that's going to happen. You're going to make, whatever time you got here, you're going to make it count. Yeah, man. And of course, nobody's talking about it, but it is what it is. Yeah. You know, I did whatever, you know. And look at, who's got a December like you coming up, too? You got... The potential, like, who knows what it's going to be for Ring of Honor, but it's mm. it's the last final battle of this yes. era of Ring of final Honor. Battle. Final battle in December. You got NWA running pay-per-view in December. Yes. That's that's two pay-per-views right there Yeah, next month. Next month. That's December. next month. Christmas money. 
Christmas. <laughs> yeah. 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 We got new ornaments yeah, going exactly. on the tree. Exactly. Pine trees, man. <laughs> I went to Seattle. Pine trees. <laughs> yeah. I know a hard time. We got TV taping on pay-per-view December 4th. December 11th, maybe the last show of Ring of Honor, final battle. Yeah. Could be my final battle for Ring of Honor. But hey, man, I'm very positive, very confident. I hope things go well for that company because that company bust their butt for years. Yeah. You know? For years. You saw it. You know? Yeah. Man, at the time, we didn't know that it was going to be. First of all, I kind of said that it's not going to be a 20 year anniversary. It's not. Mm. It's going to be stuck in 19. They're doing Supercar of Honor. All right. Yeah. But then it is what it is because I love to see the old school guys come to the 20th anniversary show. You know, I love to see like maybe Simone Joe have permission. He comes, maybe CM Punk asks permission for all mm-hmm. the rest to come to the show. Yeah, it's you know, And Amazing Red, STs, all those guys, the hit squad. But that man, no 20. So it is what it is. Like the world's crazy, man. Yeah, it is. You never know what's gonna happen. I mean, it is. never know exactly. We could have a Jersey All Pro reunion any day. Exactly. I mean, even though we did spoke about that, and mm-hmm. I feel that, I feel that Fat Frank, God's rest his soul, rest in peace. He should be buried with that promotion. That's they, him. they should be. Yeah, yeah. Nah, that's it's right. not the same. That's nah. why I felt. A lot of people say, let's do it. Say they like um, dog at my rest school. Um, Bobby Lombardi, who owns it, he passed away. Same thing too, but just oh bro, nah, let them. Be, nah, I, I think mean, it's like, what happened. Look, you wanted to be an ECW, but if Paul Lee wasn't doing ECW, mm. it's not ECW. It's not. You it's know, not. I mean, you could use the letters. But yeah, when WWE did ECW, it's not ECW. It's not ECW. It's, it's a different thing. It was like two corporate ECW. Right. No, and I love seeing Punk. He was the world champion. I take them congratulations. Yeah. You gotta but, be outlaws. But you're not. You're not you're you gotta not, be outlaws. Yeah. Yeah. It's still it's the paper. It's still the history. Congratulations, but nah. It's not the same. <laughs> he knows that too. He knows that. Of course. He's like, yo, tell my big cousin. saying, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Homicide, man, we'll, we'll make sure that everybody gets those pay-per-views. Is there any place else that you want to make sure people are aware of or mm. social media or anything that you want to make sure you promote? Um, I'm very bad with social network. I, I kind of hate it. I'll be honest yeah, with you. I, Even though that's a new thing, you know, but I'm an Instagram side. I love like homicide. C I D E. I love 5150. I got Facebook with my real name, D and also E R A Z up. I'm big on Facebook. <laughs> I think I'm the only one that's playing on kind of Twitter. You, you don't know, have Twitter. I ain't got no Twitter. I got banned on Twitter, but that's not a story. Yeah, but I got a Twitter. But I thought big, uh, man, I'm I'm a team player, man. Uh, let's promote you, man. Let, oh, let's do on. that. Come on. Let's promote you. Come on. This is a great show. I love you. Look, we got to promote Bruce Brody. Bruce just... Brody. Don't you love yeah. that, though? Don't you love that wrestling is big enough now where there's all these smaller companies now making yeah, a Bruiser Brody toy, exactly. making a Hayabusa, a Bull yeah. Nakano. That's a Jushin Thunder Liger over there. Those are Look your people. This. Those, Those are your people. people. Yeah. My familia, Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, like, we should promote you, man. Wow. You're doing something great for wrestling. You're doing something great for me because I'm a nobody, man. Come on. <laughs> you know? You're a legend. You know, and I really appreciate God bless you and everything for calling me that. Uh, like I said, man, some people get, <laughs> they scream at me and tell me, stop, be like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you tell us, do this, be confident yeah. that you the man, you know? Yeah. So. Well, you are the man. That's why I want you to be here. Thank you. And I'm humbled and flattered that you would uh, grace me with your presence here in this studio. It's amazing. And uh, 
I appreciate you, man. Just keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much, awesome. man. Thank you so much. Thank and you. hopefully, you know, we see each other again. Definitely. You know, uh, maybe get more. We need some uh, Dr. Loomis here. We need Michael. <laughs> Michael. You know, like, we need that. We need that. I'm going to get you one, you know. Merry yeah. Christmas, Bob. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you, host. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam.